This is Property Today on the Agenda. With Morass and Dubai Properties. For the most extensive real estate portfolio in Dubai, choose Morass and Dubai Properties. Hello there and thank you for downloading this Property Today podcast from the 12th of December. Now on the programme today, as ever, I was joined by Mohanad Alwadir, the wolf of real estate. He took all of your questions and we also talked about real estate key definitions. Our hot topic, though, was skyscrapers because Saudi Arabia is rumoured to be considering building a two kilometre high super tower. But what do skyscrapers bring to cities? That's the question we put to Brian Johnson, who's a renowned architect here in the UAE and the managing partner of Godwin Austin Johnson. This is Property Today on the Agenda. With Morass and Dubai Properties. For the most extensive real estate portfolio in Dubai, choose Morass and Dubai Properties. Hello there. Welcome back to the Agenda. Welcome back as well to Property Today. And, and I do this every time now, welcome back to Mohanad Alwadir, the wolf of real estate, joining me live in the studio. Hello, George. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. What a beautiful way to start uh, the week. It's been <laughs> such a lovely, the weather. Finally, we've got the weather. Yes. I, I, I'm, I'm dressed for the weather. I the woke up today, I, I looked outside and I was like, you know what? Finally, I'm going to wear my winter clothes. jumper clothes. day. It's the <laughs> yes. first time I see Mohanad Alwadir in a jumper. I have one with me, just no in case. Way. <laughs> you know what? I have a I secret. Have a jumper. <laughs> I, I have to admit, it's not that cold, but we want to dress up for the winter. It's well, so nice. Well, this is the thing. I, do you know, I spend so much money on cashmere jumpers over here because they're reduced. You know, you can get one for a of quarter course. of the price. And I'm like, but that should be 400 quid and I'm buying it for 100. I can't resist this. That's interesting. So people living in cold uh, cities, they should come here and they buy their winter clothes. They should come here, clothes, buy their cashmere get for and a take discount. it home. I've got, I've got about eight now because I yeah. can't resist a deal. Uh, anyway, we're not going to talk about the, about the deals that can be made buying cashmere jumpers uh, because we have uh, we're going to talk about property instead because records just keep on being broken I cannot believe this year is yeah. unbelievable totally. all records are being broken uh, I'm so excited because uh, on the 7th of uh, December this is your exclusive isn't it yes, no one else there, knows about there, this there's a Piece of exclusive news here. Okay. Uh, 7th of December was a great day for uh, Miras and Dubai Properties. They launched um, Bay, uh, Blue Waters, sorry, uh, Bay, which is a beautiful tower at uh, Blue Waters, um, which was initially sold out. So it was a very nice surprise uh, for, for investors and end users. Uh, what, what happened, um, Georgia, is phenomenal. They had uh, the highest number of registrations ever in their history the highest attendance at the Coca-Cola Arena ever in their history and the highest revenues ever for Miras for a launch for a, for a project. I mean, that is <laughs> staggering because you would have thought by the end of the year that this appetite would have gone, that it would have been sated, no, but it doesn't seem to be. It's, it's still going on and I'm not surprised because it's Miras and Dubai Properties, honestly. Like, so I would solid. expect it from other developers, but when it, when it comes to such a beautiful destination like Blue Waters and I think... People who go there, they have, everybody who goes there, they'll, they'll, they'll be like, I wish I bought there when it was first launched. Yeah, I mean, it's got great views. Yeah, and it just came out now, uh, this release for this tower and beautiful sizes, uh, very generous spaces. Uh, you know, the one bedroom starts from almost 900, um, 925 square feet and they go up to uh, four bedrooms. Very, very attractive uh, prices, great value for money. And also for, for end users and investors, they can really get excellent returns and a beautiful lifestyle. So 
uh, I, I wanted to buy a unit myself. I couldn't. <laughs> Could you through. not do it? <laughs> no, I couldn't. It was so busy. And they had, as I told you, they had like a record uh, number of uh, registrations and attendees. Um, so yeah, congrats so to everybody know? who bought there. But I have a, a small exclusive uh, oh, news. Oh, okay. I was about to <laughs> so, interrupt you, but so, I'll stop. <laughs> so, so because I really wanted to get one, I kept pushing to find out when is the next release. So they're yeah. releasing the second tower, which I think that would be it there. Um, and I can mention the date for everybody who's interested. Okay. Uh, it's going to be on the 14th of January. Which 14th is, of January. Okay. So from now, I've already cancelled all my plans for that day. You're literally, you're going to be down there at the Coca-Cola Arena first in the queue. Yes, I'm going to make sure. I hope it's sure. not a Monday because you're not allowed to miss the show, right? I, I, I might miss it if it is. Let's I have double check. Let's have a look. I'm looking now to see what the 14th is. It is the 14th. You're fine. It's a Saturday. Ah, uh, great. You're okay. Excellent. So yeah, I, I, I know they don't, they, they might not like that I announced this, but uh, it's going to be oh, in January. Oh, well, thank you for doing it on the show. And I have to say, whenever I hear these types of things, and I'm sure that the developers, to a certain extent, do it deliberately. You know, you get, I get a feeling of competition, a feeling of missing out. I, and yeah. I, I start sort of scraping through my savings, although we sent nearly all our money home to pay off the mortgage in England. Yeah. But you start looking at your own savings. You're thinking, you know, am I being a mug? Should I be doing this? Should I be trying to get a foot on the, on the property ladder? But then I keep thinking, but hang on a sec. There's so many developments being introduced at the moment. Surely in four years, there's going to be a glut and then how's, and then they'll dip again. And I'll, I'll be like, why did I get caught up in the froth? Why did I get <laughs> caught up in the excitement? I should have stayed stayed and quiet and calm and waited for four years and bought in the dip. You know what? I, I've been doing this for 24 years here in the region and I haven't heard anybody who bought and said, you know what? I regret it. Even after like a decade, two People keep saying, I wish I bought when this project was first launched, when the pond was first launched, when Blue Waters was first launched, when La Mer, when everything keeps going up, you know. And Yeah, they do uh, bring people in. Like the population keeps on going up. You can't exactly. argue with that. And it's, uh, to answer your question, it's always about demand and supply, not just supply. The good thing is the population is growing at a very uh, quick pace, but uh, with quality population. They're attracting the right caliber of people to come and settle down in Dubai. Investors, uh, talented people, professionals. So they're the people with the buying power. Mm. And these people will need homes. And this is why we're we're witnessing an amazing trend of uh, record sales in luxury projects because it's an influx of quality people coming and settling down here. Well, you're not the only person saying this because mm. MR founder Mohammed Alabar has also given an interview recently, uh, well, literally in the last few days, to Arabian Business. And he said as well that he's confident that Dubai's property prices still have potential to grow, which is, and, and the way he does it is he compares it to other global cities. He thinks that, you know, we're still cheap compared yeah. to Shanghai, yeah. compared to New York, compared to Chicago. Um, I wouldn't use cheap. I'd say affordable. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Yes, I agree. Mohammed Alabar's got slightly different sort of financial standards. Yeah, I he think. can say that. He's Mohammed Alabar. <laughs> but but honestly, compared yes to global cities, uh, and Dubai has proven to the whole world that it is truly a global city and the city of the future, safety and everything that's amazing. It's, it's a true land of opportunities. The price per square foot here compared to any other global city is extremely competitive and affordable. Do you know, you never know. I don't think we've got enough money to even put a foothold at the moment because <laughs> everything's gone back and, and we've got Christmas to pay for. Uh, yeah. But it's very tempting. <laughs> it is very tempting. You know, it, it's interesting. As much as possible, I try to live 
the feelings of in, in property and on this program as well, because I think so many people are going through the same thing. Okay, let's turn our attention a little bit further afield. Uh, and this is going to be our hot topic for most of the show, to be honest, um, which is that Saudi Arabia planning to build a two kilometer skyscraper in Riyadh that would become the world's tallest building. Now, I thought that they were doing this in Jeddah, actually. I thought they were building the next tallest skyscraper in Jeddah. Well, you know, this is like an ongoing grace. It uh, is, yeah. Every city has been trying to, um, you know, break the record. I, I know in Dubai, there are a lot of developers who've been trying to break the record. So Dubai is competing with Dubai as well. Uh, Saudi is next door. They're witnessing a very good um, uh, economical, uh, you know, um, boom right now. Yep. and. Um, I'm not surprised. I mean, it's it's very interesting. I'm not sure about these projects being uh, financially um, uh, viable, but they're more about positioning the cities or positioning uh, a destination. And it's also about the premium that properties surrounding that iconic structure will benefit from. Um, but a bit yeah. like the Burj Khalifa, basically. Because the Burj Khalifa is there, that means that other buildings around it benefit yes. because they're because the, they're looking at the, it? The rent, the rent returns of Burj Khalifa is very low. Like an apartment in Burj Khalifa will get you a net returns of between 2 to 3%. But all the properties that oversee the Burj are sold at a very high premium because they oversee the Burj, which is the beautiful thing. That's so, what it is. You wanna, I hadn't realized that. Yeah. So, so it's, it's, I remember once in one of my episodes on my show, Ma'amar on Dwight TV, I had a Chinese investor who wanted to actually live in the Burj. And I tried to convince him to buy a property that overlooks the Burj and the fountain because he gets the view, uh, you know. And and guess what? At the end, he said, no, I would still want to live uh, he in, wants that address. in the Burj. Uh, yeah. He even compared it to uh, uh, the China Wall, you know. He said, oh, yes. He said, it's so great. I want to be in it, you know. <laughs> so I was like, okay. Why not? Well, <laughs> I mean, he, he, couldn't, <laughs> he couldn't be persuaded. Yeah. So someone's just texted in. Thank you very much indeed, saying uh, the Jeddah Tower will be higher than the Burj Khalifa, but not two kilometers high. How can you build it? Well, do you know, that is the big question. How can you build a building that is two kilometers high? And and I don't have the answer for that, but I have I have someone waiting in the green room who might. Yeah, we can, we can ask an expert. This is probably... Property Today on the Agenda. With Morass and Dubai Properties. For the most extensive real estate portfolio in Dubai, choose Morass and Dubai Properties. Mohamed Awadir has stayed with me in the studio. Hello. Hello, Georgia. Lovely. Still here. Still here. (laughs) Still ready to take your questions. Lots coming in, including one here saying, are real estate prices negotiable? Mm. And we're not going to answer it yet. Yep. He's always ready to it's, answer. It's I'm an like, easy one, but yeah. Okay, tease, tease. <laughs> yes. we're gonna, we'll, come up, we'll come to that in a few minutes. But first, we're going to discuss this extraordinary announcement that came out of uh, Mead, which is a, a news website here in the UAE, that suggests that Saudi Arabia is planning to build a two-kilometre-high skyscraper in wow. Riyadh. It would become easily the world's tallest building. Completely extraordinary suggestion. Apparently a site close to King Khalid International Airport has been identified. EY, who are a consultancy, have conducted a feasibility study. And developers, architects, construction specialists and project managers have been invited to take part in a design competition with a $1 million entry fee to design the record-breaking tower. So that's how they're going to pay for it. So, Georgia, just for uh, the record, Burj Khalifa is almost 840 
uh, meters high. So this is almost more than double the it's current ju- tallest tower height. I mean, it's genuinely bonkers. <laughs> yeah. And we wanted to really get the, the judgment of, of a very experienced architect to find out, you know, how realistic this is and, and whether or not, frankly, the sky is the limit. You know, if we're going to get two kilometers, how long before it's 2.5 and even three? So we're joined now in the studio uh, by renowned architect Brian Johnson. He's the managing partner of Godwin Austin Johnson. Now, he is responsible for some of the country's most recognizable buildings, including the Dubai Creek Golf Club, Bab al-Shams and the Arabian Court at the one and only Royal Mirage. He's worked in the UAE since 1975, sir. A pleasure to have you in the studio. How are you? Very well. And nice to see you. Really good to have you with us. Now, what did you think when you first heard that the, the, about this story, the top line, <laughs> two kilometres high? I thought uh, it's a bit, like, a bit like an auction, really. If you're going to build the building which nobody's ever going to even try to get close then you know the Je- the, the Jeddah Tower or the Kingdom Tower as it used to be called was going to be one kilometre mm-hmm. there are other towers coming up in China and places like that so to, to go for straight for 2k is probably just knocks everybody out of the park that, that would be my view yeah that's that's the knockout uh, figure I would say yes I agree <laughs> yeah I mean it just means that nobody feels nobody else feels that they can compete I mean it's classic Saudi Arabia isn't it you know they don't just build a, a nice desert a nice resort by the Red Sea they have to build a 500 million billion dollar new paradise paradisical city right with a with a, a sideways skyscraper so they're going sideways with the line in neom and then yeah, they're going yeah. ridiculously well, high that, in Riyadh. Yeah, 170 kilometers would be very tall <laughs> very tall indeed i mean why do countries why do cities want to build these ridiculously high towers Okay, well, there's a, a built-in pejorative in there, isn't it? So is it ridiculously high? Is it? <laughs> so um, I guess, you know, that th- you could argue from a real estate point of view, there comes a point where the the actual structure that's holding it up, the depth of the structure, you know, I mean, you look at the Burj Khalifa, and I think somehow that's actually quite a nice sweet spot. I, what I love about the Burj Khalifa is that actually it's a beautiful building from a distance, but it's also actually very beautiful standing right next to it which is surprising, really, when you think how big it is and so on. So what, the, what I think um, Adrian Smith managed to do there was to get that sense of scale right at the, at the bottom of the building. And that's actually quite difficult, I think. And when you look at the various towers that are being promoted, there was going to be one out at, um, uh, where was it, out at, you know, somewhere in Business Bay, there was going to be, they've been all over the place and out in Jebel Ali. Um, you know, sometimes they're the same sort of shape, pointy things. I mean, Frank Lloyd Wright designed one not dissimilar in 1956, a mile-high tower in 1956, Frank Lloyd Wright did, which everybody said was completely crazy. So maybe he was right. But, you know, so they're often like that, where they just get gradually bigger as they go go nearer the floor. And I think, once again, what's very clever about the Burj Khalifa is that if you've ever driven up the English motorways and seen these tall uh, sort of funnels, they've always got like a twisty thing that goes around the outside. It's a sort of like a vein, and that is to make the wind go round the building and not make it flap in the breeze. So actually what the Burj Khalifa does is it builds that into its design. Each, If you've ever really looked at it, it goes down in a sort of spiral shape as you go down the building. So it's really clever. I mean, it's not just you know a big piece of sculpture, which of course is always the danger with with that sort of architecture. I mean, I've can't really complain because obviously the Creek Golf Club is a big piece of sculpture as well. But, <laughs> but you know, sculptural architecture has to be functional as well. And I think that um, the Burj Khalifa is, to me, the sweet spot. But as I mentioned to you before we came on air, we were also involved as the master planners for the Jeddah Tower. And uh, that was one kilometre tall. 
And the main difference there, really, was that the footprint, uh, you know, when you were at ground level, it was the same sort of Mercedes logo type thing, three, you know, three-pointed star, um, was that that was 70 meters from one face to the other on the ends and the ends of the of the points, if you see what I mean. Uh, 70 meters of solid construction is actually quite big, as against with the verge where it came to a point. So that's the other thing, is how to handle the sort of... Uh, the sheer scale of it when you when it actually hits the ground and when you're next to human beings, basically. So yeah. it's fascinating, Mahana, to hear about how you know it has to be able to interact with humans. It's not just about the the the, the construction. It, it's about the feeling that which it, which the, is interesting. The construction is is a whole science uh, more, more than just art. I know these buildings look amazing, but as you mentioned, so much go, go, goes into building them and planning them. But what I'm interested to know more is how do they actually serve the city from an urban planning point of view? Because as you mentioned, these towers typically will be part of a master plan and a lot goes on. You cannot just build a two kilometer high building without, for example, planning the traffic uh, impact, uh, planning uh, all the utilities, the infrastructure around such just uh, structures. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. I, I would assume it's a nightmare of planning as well to make sure it fits and serves the purpose of, you know, the city. That it, it Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's a huge array of, of, of other professionals involved other than just the architects um, and, and traffic consultants and so on. But I agree with you. I think that the, the, if the, if the building is actually going to, to work as part of a community, then it has to, to link to it. And again, I think that's what uh, they've managed to do here in Dubai yeah. by linking it to the Dubai Mall and by linking it to the, you know, the fountains and all of those other things. So that that will be a challenge as well for the for the architects who are going in for this competition is to actually make it part of something yeah. rather than just a giant thing sticking out of the giant uh, white uh, elephant. Well, a giant white something. <laughs> it's even something, part yes. of the skyline. You know, it, it's really. You could you know. say that. I couldn't possibly comment. <laughs> <laughs> This is Property Today on the Agenda. With Morass and Dubai Properties. For the most extensive real estate portfolio in Dubai, choose Morass and Dubai Properties. We are discussing one of the hot stories that's come out of Saudi Arabia in the last few days. Uh, apparently, the country is planning to build a two-kilometre skyscraper in Riyadh that would become the world's tallest building. Joined in the studio by renowned architect Brian Johnson, who's the managing partner of Godwin Austin Johnson. You'll recognise his work in the Dubai Creek Golf Club, Bab al-Shams and the Arabian court at the one and only Royal Mirage. Also, Mohanad al-Wadir, still in the studio, Wolf of Real Estate, ready to grill, Brian. He's ready <laughs> to prime, don't so you? I'm so excited to have such a veteran with us, an expert in, in this field. You, you, uh, you watch your tongue. <laughs> <laughs> a young veteran. <laughs> a young veteran, a youthful man with many years left. In, in, in. Uh, so, so, Brian, we living in Dubai, I've been working in this field for now 24 years, and every other campaign that we read and see they call their projects iconic, uh, the iconic project or the iconic tower. So in your like, uh, book, how would you define iconic structures? Well, firstly, I think you can't actually design an icon in the knowledge it's definitely going to be an icon. So <laughs> I think you've got to accept that uh, a bit like, I don't know, an E-type Jaguar or a Bugatti or something, you know, these cars become iconic. And in the same way, buildings sometimes 
they they uh, absorb some sort of something from the community, something from the people who go there, and people just love them. But I mean, if you look at how do you describe an icon, I'd say, well, if you can draw it with a, I don't know, a big fat pencil in less than five seconds. So imagine, I don't know, Eiffel Tower, whoosh whoosh, you know, Sydney <laughs> Opera House, whoosh 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 whoosh, you know, whatever. Yeah. You can you can imagine how you need to be able to convey the idea very very quickly um, and if you can't do that then it probably isn't an icon in the first place that would be my view I love that I'm that's, now trying to think that's a beautiful definition yeah because you could so for, for example for me St Paul's Cathedral in London is a big one and you can definitely draw that with yeah, one absolutely. finger yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm looking at one just behind uh, yeah. Brian Burj Al Arab it's very easy we're all yeah. doing it now with yeah. our fingers <laughs> <laughs> no this is amazing going back to the news um, I mean Two, two kilometers uh, yeah, I mean, of, of a building. How long do you think this would take? Because it matters a lot in terms of this race towards the sky. You know, time is of essence, right? So in your experience, how long do you think this would take to, to actually be up and running and operational? Okay, well, there's, there's rather a lot of unknowables. First of all, obviously, people have got to design these buildings and make the models and present them to His Highness and all of that. So there's a choice component and then once that happens then you've got all of the engineering and the uh, you know the development i mean that in itself could take you know the best part of a year sometimes to to, yeah. to achieve all of that um and then there's the, the you know the tendering and the bidding and the, all the arguing so you know i mean you're, you're probably talking about i don't know five to seven years or something it's wow. not it's not something i've been building this last two or three weeks so yeah so would you say mohanad that that is important for dubai because how much do you think dubai gets from having the world's tallest tower how i mean or more personally how much would we lose in dubai to I, no longer have I, I, the world's tallest tower? i don't think we're gonna lose but it's just a matter of attention shifting attention a little bit uh, but still i think we all agree that not just Bush khalifa the whole Dubai downtown district is a marvel. It's it's a global destination now and people recognize it. And uh, the 20 plus million people that came for Expo, they all visited it. So it's, it's and if you go there, we all, until now, I go there and I live close by. I look at it every day and I always say, wow, you know. Yeah. So it's not just about, and that's for me, a truly iconic uh, structure uh, based on the description. That well, you I, was gonna, <laughs> I was going to say, Brian, what it comes, it does seem that the focus for a lot of uh, Arab states, a lot of, you know, and the Chinese as well, is, is that bigger is better, that, you know, the best thing to do to make your city iconic is to build a taller tower as you possibly can. Would you agree that that's the best way to go about it? Oh, it's a difficult question. I mean, I mean, clearly, there's a desire to be to be noticed. And certainly all of the things that are going on in Saudi at the moment with the Neom and the line and so on, yes. they are certainly getting people noticed, to, you know, noticing Saudi. And of course, Saudi's got so many other beautiful features that uh, we, we were just talking a few minutes ago off air about the expo and how wonderful some of the land and the lakes and uh, you know the wildlife and all of that up in some of the higher reaches of Saudi are and they're obviously selling you know we've just finished a project in Alula um, which has got this Nabataean architecture and there's the the old uh, Hijaz railway and so on there's a, there's a lot going on in Saudi which is also more traditional and more natural so it's got those, those two strands really pushing it against each other so I, I think that, uh, but just coming back to one of Mohammed's points is, I don't think that the, the Burj Khalifa will lose anything yeah. just because it is what it is and it is a beautiful example of, of you know, of a really, really, really tall building. Uh, at the moment, I think there are only two mega 
mega structures in the world. They are the other ones in China, I think. Um, and that uh, you know, for instance, that whole business of you, the reflection of the sun against the glass, the faceted glass. It always it's always a golden spire in the evening. It's 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 there to to sort of excite everybody and to remind them, you know, of of uh, what Dubai has achieved. So I, I don't think there's ever, ever anything to lose. And if there's a tower of two kilometers in Saudi, well, there's a tower of two kilometers in Saudi. You know, it's <laughs> totally, fine. totally agree. Fantastic. I mean, it's amazing to hear there about how uh, how you both feel that the Burj Khalifa has cemented its position, uh, not just as a, as a sort of fulcrum for the town, but also a, a source of exhilaration, a source of mm, inspiration. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating stuff and amazing to have you in the studio. Thank you so it's much for your pleasure. time. Thank you. Uh, Brian Johnson, absolute pleasure uh, to have you. This is Property Today on the Agenda. With Morass and Dubai Properties. For the most extensive real estate portfolio in Dubai, choose Morass and Dubai Properties. Hello there. Welcome back. Property Today on the Agenda. Mohamed Alwadir, Wolf of Real Estate, is ready to take your questions. Uh, but he's also going to run us through a few real estate key definitions. Now, yes. I was really stuck uh, was it week before last when I, you said escrow? I was I like, remember. escrow, you escrow. Actually, you actually inspired this segment. because you, There you go. I, noticed a lot I of am people, a muse. <laughs> I, you are my muse on the show. I always, Property muse. Uh, yeah, I, I just realized that a lot of people don't understand the basic terms. So I just yeah. wanted to cover a few. And maybe we do this every once in a while. Just cover some of the key definitions. I just want to start by three terms that are used a lot and people maybe don't understand the difference when you say investor and user and speculator. Yeah, I so, don't understand. So, yeah, so an investor is basically and he's the right uh, investors are and, and users are the right, you know, uh, way to go. Investment means you invest for the long term. You put you plan, you study the market, you study your options, your financial situation, uh, your budget and then you go into it for the long run. So whoever tells you uh, I'm going to invest in real estate and I'm going to sell maybe after three months, four months. That's not an investor. Real estate is a long-term investment asset class. So it has to be for the long run. We're talking years. And that's how you get really rewarded and you get safe returns from real estate. The second type is an end user. So they're not in it for just for the returns. Investors typically, they will buy a property to rent it or you know, uh, also get the capital appreciation over the long run. End users, they actually do something different. They actually use the unit. They live in it. That way they save on rent. And after many years, they also get the capital appreciation, which is great for them. The third type, which is speculation. Speculation is typically, it should not exist in real estate. It's usually done, it's a term used in uh, trading in, in forex or stock markets where people buy and sell very quickly. The flipping. It's flipping. Yeah, that's another term which is equal to speculation in real estate. Flipping a property, buying and flipping it immediately. That's too risky for anybody. Even if you say you're an expert, you don't know what's going to happen if you're caught up in between like a crisis or a, a, a new launch in the area or something happens, changing rules, regulations, you'll get caught up. And that's very dangerous. That's where people actually lose money. So the right way to go, investment or end user. This is how you should look at it. Uh, another, uh, some, another definition linked to this is the concept of ROI. We hear this a lot, return on investment. So if you're listening, you might have heard this in the real estate you know, vocab. The jargon. The People jargon. go, oh yeah, you'll yeah. get a great ROI. Uh, uh, yeah, and you're I'm, like, I'm interested in the ROI. What's the ROI? So two things I want to say there. There's return on investment. That's what it means. And typically people define it by the rent returns, which is half of the story. Simplistic. Yeah. And it's half of the story because real estate doesn't only give you rent returns. It also gives you capital appreciation, which brings me to the definition of total returns in real estate. So when you want to invest in a property or buy a property, to live in it, you should think of the return on investment from a rent point of view 
and from a capital appreciation point of view. Having said that, most of the brokers or most of the practitioners, they're always even developers. You see at saying promising 8%, 7% a year. That's just the rent returns. You should also plan for the capital appreciation, which is very hard. It's harder to do, but you, you have a formula to do it over the long run. There's a subsegment of that called return on cash or return on equity. And that's typically when you pay over with a payment plan. So let's assume right now you're buying a property for 500,000 drams, but you're paying over five years. So the first year only paying 100,000. If we rent this property for, let's say, 80,000 dirhams, that means you received, or let's say 50,000 dirhams to make it easy, that means you received, assuming it's 500,000 and 50, you'll say, I got 10%. No, in fact, you got 50% return. Because you've only put down 100. 100. So 50,000 back on 100 only that you paid. So your return on the cash that you paid. And you can do that here in the UAE. Yes, there are existing properties in Dubai that are ready with a payment plan direct from the developer for as low as even below 500,000 drams and you pay over five years or seven years. So here you're not thinking of ROI, return on investment, because you did not pay the half a million totally. You just paid 100. So your return on the cash you paid is so high. It goes up to 50% on that's, the first year. That's a great way of doing things. So people need to understand more these common terms. Don't just limit yourself or let people just tell you ROI. And another thing I just want to say there, and maybe we can keep the rest for the other episodes, um, ROI is usually promised by developers and brokers is on the gross, it's on the total. You should also also look at the rent returns or the ROI on the rent on the net after you pay the service charges and all the expenses. That's more accurate and more realistic for your investment. Yes, but the brokers don't tell you about that. They because don't. It's and the less, developers, they don't. Because it's not just, as exciting. Yeah, it's not as exciting. So we need everybody who's listening to properties today to be more educated and be able to get you know the right deal at the right time. Lots of questions coming in for Mohamed. Very little time to answer them. But what's great is that he answers them after the show. Yes. In person. He sends voice messages. So I've got a, uh, a couple of questions here. I'm going to pick. Good morning, Mr. Wolf. I mean, that's, you, get, you, get, you get your question answered great. when you're that polite. Um, where is the best place in Dubai to buy a plot to buy a family villa? Okay. Um, very quickly, and not because they're our sponsors, but truly they have the largest land bank in the UAE. If you go to Miras or Dubai Properties, check with them. They have plots from the coast, from uh, like waterfront uh, plots that you can buy. And, and are more expensive. Yeah, they're more expensive. <laughs> yeah, you see, you're, you get the point. Or by the way, they have something that is very rare. You can even own a plot in Jumeirah, something that uh, for expats. It's That's a dream. astonishing. Yeah. yeah, you can buy a plot there and build on it. Or you can go all the way to Dubai land or even Jumeirah Park. Uh, they have plots everywhere for all budgets for all needs and they're amazing and by the way the person who asked is very smart because buying a plot and building will get you the highest return on your investment that was samir so thank you very much for your message you, uh, ricky you sent in a message finn sent in a message uh, andy you sent in one uh, we will get all of those answered uh, for you Mohsin's written in as well saying uh, what will happen to home prices in 2023 well, we'll definitely answer that for you uh, in the next few minutes Mohsin. thank you so much uh, mohanad alwadia for all your insights uh, this week it's been a fantastic uh, episode for having me. Uh, and if you missed it if you just tuned in and you missed it make sure you tune you basically download the podcast just find property today on the dubaii1038.com website